Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. All right, welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Today we have an episode for anyone in sales. This does not mean your title is necessarily sales, but this is for anyone who's selling something or trying to boost their business. Maybe you're an entrepreneur who has to grow their business. Maybe you need to sell your personal brand for your job search. We're going to talk about why it is so important that you do not just expect things to fall into your lap to make things happen. I am so honored to have Bob Brunson here. He's actually somebody who I work very closely with. In fact, he's a good mentor of mine and also a good friend. And I've learned so much over the past year just from being right next to him. Bob Brunson is an entrepreneur, highly experienced sales professional, His wife calls him the life wizard because he just has so much to say about life. And his sales team calls him the honey badger because crazy, nasty honey badger don't give a... You know what I'm saying. He's the senior VP of business development, sales, channel, and technology strategist at Zoe Solar. And we have some really, truly amazing content coming up here. Bob is somebody who not only works hard, but he also works smart. And he's going to teach you how to go out there and start playing like a champ. Here's Bob Brunson on Sales Hustle. Thanks, Chris. I'm uh, happy to be here and happy to contribute and and uh, bring value out uh, to the market and anybody who I can uh, give advice to or direction because I'm here to serve and help people uh, improve their lives. That's awesome. And Bob, could I ask you how you how you got started with sales? What was what was kind of your background and and all of that? Um, well, you know, it's funny. I finished up military college um, and I ended up not going in the military um, for a couple different reasons, but I I went home and I just tried to find a direction in my life. And obviously I didn't have a lot of, a lot of, you know, skills that would translate as a welder or a doctor. Um, And of course I wanted to make money um, and have that and have that success in my life. Um, So I always had an entrepreneur spirit. I always hustled as a child, right? I listened to a lot of people, and I was, I was the kid that was always trying to figure out a way um, to get the resources and the things that I wanted. I never accepted no as an inevitability for something I couldn't have. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to play football, um, I mowed my coach's lawn to, get the, to afford the cleats to go play football. Um, so, you know, it was whatever was in front of me. So sales was a natural thing. Um, I grew up a little differently um, than the newest generation. Um, we were on our bicycles and, went, you know, we had to really interact. There was no cell phones. There was no no phones really, except for the ones that you dialed that your parents used. So it was a highly social environment that I learned uh, how to get what I wanted through through being a likable child um, and understanding what other people's wants, needs, and desires are, and being empathic and learning that empathy. Um, so as a sales early young person, if sales felt natural to me, um, and just to move into understanding what people needed. Um, and maybe what I could understand what they, they, they would want or require in their lives and how to express that to them. Yeah. I think a lot of times in sales, sales becomes a four letter word, uh, salesperson or whatever you want to call it. I think, <laughs> I think it's unfortunate. Um, I think a lot of times, a lot of people use psychology to manipulate, manipulate other human beings. And that's the case. Yeah. Um, that's like the unethical, like the dark side of sales, right? Right. But the, the, the light side of sales, the Jedi um, not the Sith, right, in sales, is, is understanding that someone has a need 
um, and understand that people we're all pre-programmed we all have programming in place and we're all you know our egos and our and our minds um, program us to say no automatically um, because they're just looking out for us our minds are always looking out for us we're, we're, we're a product of thousands of years of hypervigilance so when you see something coming towards you it's natural just to resist it because you're just not sure about the situation and what they're trying to accomplish so I think ultimately a great salesperson it was easier for me to be empathetic um, and to move in those spaces to understand those feelings that other people have, but as well as how to reach them and express to them that this is something that might help them in their lives. So the first job I had actually, um, it was a great job. I was uh, selling Kirby vacuum cleaners door to door. Awesome. And it was the best experience I could ever have as a young person. Um, to understand what rejection was, to understand what hard really Wait, is. This is door to door, right? I'm imagining. Yeah, door to door. Yeah. Um, so knocking doors um, and, and, and discussing with people to, to put a demonstration on to sell a vacuum cleaner that was worth probably you know a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars. So it's it, it taught me a lot. It taught me how to build value. Yeah. Um, it taught me about metrics. It taught me about hard work. And it also taught me that you know. In sales, you want to approach it in a way that it is difficult, and it is hard not to take it personally. Yeah. But also to approach it in a sense of getting better, so you could communicate to them, so it wasn't such a disconnect, as well as showing them value in something that they may or not may not have, and letting go of the attachment in the end. Instead of saying, "I wish I get this sale so I get money," because that's a natural consequence of what I want but really about how to help them and be willing to walk away from the situation if it's not right for them. Wow. I think what you said was so incredibly powerful about not being so centrally focused because a lot of the times we're just thinking like, me, 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 you know, is this guy going to, to am I going to get this guy's business versus the mentality of how can I truly help this guy? I, I think a lot of us become so centrally focused kind of with our egos and being like, oh, he doesn't, you know, what what I'm offering is not of value. So I really like that point that you just made. Yeah, I think in sales, it's easy to become transactionally minded because that's what we're ultimately looking for in a sense is that transaction. Mm -hmm. But the greatest sales people don't think in that way. What you do is you come into every situation willing to offer value, whether you transact with them or not. Sure. Because the reality is they know people. And the reality is if you add value and care, you may not transact with them, but they may know somebody that you can transact with. And that's just a different frame. And it's yeah. harder to get there, but if you approach it like that, long term, your referrals and your business will exponentially grow. It's just the, it's just the investment of time and perspective. We all want the money now because today is relevant. But if we just have the right perspective and play that long game and do it right, the money will come. So moment to moment, we want what we want, but we have to understand that our life is a series of moments that add up to one later. So it's strange that as time passes because you look back and say, where did the last 10 years go? Because I'm in my moment again. Um, so as long as you just keep living that moment the right way, 10 years will come faster than you think. Wow, absolutely incredible. Can I ask why your team calls you the honey badger here? I just <laughs> had, to find, had to find that out for myself. I want to hear your, your background. We, we do a lot of sales training and, 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 of course, dig into people as far as who they are. And we want to people to express themselves and, and yeah. really kind of go into the archetype of oneself, right? And kind of get a feel for new people. 
and uh, a sales meeting, you know, we, we always kind of have fun with is like, what's your spirit animal? And uh, everybody kind of goes around the room and, and it's great. Um, and, and one of my favorite people is Eric Thomas, ET. He's a powerful individual, um, has a lot to say and, and it's very inspiring. Um, and he comes out and he says, be a lion. Um, and lions are, of course, majestic, powerful creatures um, that, that have so much to, to, to bring um, to a presence in a place. Um, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for the king of the jungle, right? Um, Heck yeah. But that's not really me. And I've always kind of thought, you know, a lion's kind of lazy. They kind of sit around all day and they're mighty and they're strong and they're fierce. But I'm a hard worker and I've never been the biggest and the strongest and the fastest. But what I have had is my, my, my tenacity and my ability to never give up and, and my perseverance. Um, and so the creature that, that I can relate to that will take on the lion and basically the lion will chomp on him uh, and he'll still keep up and keep going after Literally, the lion. he keeps going. <laughs> he keeps going and going. Um, was that honey badger. Um, and you gotta love them for it. They're smart, they're clever, yeah. um, and they're unstoppable. Yeah. Um, so that's my strength. I'm not, you know, I'm not the king of the jungle, but man, I'll keep coming until I get what I want. So, so they, they affectionately refer to me as the honey badger um, because of my persistence and my belief in myself um, and my vision and my unwavering commitment to that. Excellent. Wow, I had no idea that that was going to tie in so well to this podcast, but it did. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Um, cool. The first kind of uh, question kind of going into the meat of it is, is can you talk about or kind of define what a bad attitude is compared to a winning sales attitude? You know, what, is, what does that look like in comparison? Yeah, I think, and I, and I watched something earlier today, um, the, win, the winning attitude, right? I think in our lives, most things go uh, and in percentages, mostly for, for most of us in the developed world, uh, more in the direction that we want than not, not what we want. But we're programmed, right? Um, so I think it's easy for us to focus on the things that aren't working instead of the focusing on the things that are working. Like the fact that, well, I was at my job today and I didn't get the sale. Well, how about focusing on the fact that you have air conditioning um, in the building? Focusing on the fact that you have a full stomach? Focusing on the fact that you had a nice vehicle to, to, to drive into maybe... Um, and focusing on the fact that, you know, all, all the things around you. So I guess, I guess at the end of the day, people focus on the negative. And when you go yeah. into a negative mind frame, it really, it translates to other people. Um, and since sales is conveying emotion, if you get your mind in that frame, your emotions that frame, you carry it with you. I think if we show gratitude, right, it changes your attitude is, is the kind of the way it works. Yeah. Um, I think if we see the miracle that we're here and see the miracle and the, and, and the gratitude that we have for all of our gifts and you're thankful to be in front of that person to maybe give them something, that's a winning attitude. Okay. That's, that's it. There are no problems. There are only solutions, right? If someone says, hey, Bob, I have a problem. I'm like, good, good. Because at the end of the day, if we play a video game and it's simple and it's easy, yeah. are we entertained or are we engaged? No, we're not. But if we find a game that engages us at a high level, that, that challenges our minds and challenges us every single day, right? Um, we like it. Yeah. So we need to look at our lives more in that fashion instead of a world full of problems. Yeah. But a challenge given to us that we're uniquely geared there we go. Yeah. to change and yeah. enact and find the solutions for. So that's the winning attitude for yeah. a salesperson is, is finding the things 
in your world, whether you have them or given to you or, or less ideal situation and making it ideal for yourself. Yeah. Can you imagine the kind of mentality shift that somebody would have if, if really they're, they're approaching all the problems, like this, this weight kind of like pushing down in their heart, you know, every time they have that versus the type of guy who, you know, when they deal with problems, they, they, they treat it like a video game, like that metaphor uh, that you brought about. Obviously I'm not saying like you, you got to take your problem seriously, but people take video games seriously too. So really treating it like, like a game. And I think it would make it a lot more fun, you know, especially when you're taking those losses, you know, that, that makes your victory all the more sweeter. So, yeah. And, and, and again, in life, there are some serious things that happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it brings you hardship and suffering and those are real. Um, for me, you know, my grandmother passed away this week. Um, and, and while, it is its own tragedy when people pass. She lived to be 94 years old, and I have to look at the, the great gifts she had of, of those 94 years, because um, most people don't make it that far. Um, and the only tragedy is a life not lived. So you know, I saw her live her life um, full of full of love um, and the way she wanted. Um, so again. When, when we approach these things and the way we look at stuff, there's things that we cannot prevent from happening that are serious. Um, but at the same instance, as serious as they are, they're part of a natural order that we all have to abide by. Yeah. You know, no one's getting out alive. Right. Bob, can you talk about why confidence is so important in this industry? And uh, if, I, if I'm not the kind of person that has a bunch of confidence, how can I get more of it? You know, confidence is an interesting thing. Um, we all we all we all face varying degrees of, of lack of confidence, uh, lack of self doubt, or self doubt, and, and especially when we're new at anything. Um, if someone asked me, Bob, are you confident at playing basketball when I've never played basketball? Um, I would say no. <laughs> uh, and to say that I was would be fronting, right? Yeah, it's, it'd be fake. Yeah, it'd be fake. Yeah. And so we see a lot of people fake it. Yeah. Um, I think confidence is just knowing what you can and can't do and what you can accomplish based on your ability to fail at it and fail at it and fail and fail and fail and fail until you find some success and you say, you know what, I'm confident that out of 100 baskets, I can shoot 10 because I've failed enough to know what my metric is and know what my failure point is. And I will continue to improve and maybe later I'll say my confidence is I can make 20. Okay. So confidence really is just about getting in there it's just about making the mistakes and doing the failure. And once you have, then you know. And okay. that is what confidence really is, is knowing inside. No one can tell you, you just know, right? And that knowing comes from your failure. So don't ever be afraid to go out there yeah. and fail and fail and fail because that is how you build confidence. Excellent. So like to put this in sort of like a practical example, so say we'll uh, attribute this example to one of the toughest positions out there, which is getting out there and knocking on doors. But say I've never knocked on a single door in my life, but I feel like this is something I'm called to do or something I need to do at this moment. Um, so you're telling me that I just need to go out there and just start experiencing it first. And then after that, you know, I can expect my confidence to build. Is that sort of what you're, you're getting at? Yeah, I mean, we, we all want to to learn before we actually go out and practice. Yeah. Um, but there's a the, doesn't matter how much tape you watch, well, it will help. And it doesn't matter how many instructions that you get before you get, let's say, into a boxing ring. You're going to get hit. And it's only when you get hit that you really learn where the gaps are and what you need to learn. So you get in there and figure out what you're not doing right, your foot, and you again, you, get, you game film yourself. You replay that in your mind. 
and you have to sit down and be critical about it and see where your failure point was or is and ask yourself, did I do it enough to get success? So if you, the metric would be if I did this for 10 hours a day, every single day for three months, and if I saw no success, then there's something I need to do to adjust what I'm doing. Um, if you go out and do, do it one day out of two months and say, well, it didn't work because I tried it once and it didn't work, that's not enough for a metric, right? Um, so I guess that's the biggest thing I have to translate is to go out there and fail enough right. and get, and again, figure out where your failure point is and refine those things. Having great mentors and great teachers and great resources are, are, are key, of course. Um, it's easier to learn from a chef than try to pick up a book and do it on your own. So if you can find those things, get them. The internet is an amazing resource that was not around when I was younger. It's, it's incredible. The amount of great content on YouTube and so many intelligent people that are willing to help with it play the guitar, sales, um, you know, dance or whatever it is, go tap into those things. Listen to two hours of that every single day of whatever subject or whatever you're trying to do. And literally, in a number of a year or two, you will be an, almost an expert in that field. It's like Gladwell in those 10,000 hours, man. Yeah. You put those <laughs> things in, and you will become a master of, of your trade. So, yeah. so, so, but you can't say, I put 100 hours in, I'm not a master. Well, you haven't put the 10,000 in. I, I, I love that you made it sound so, um, so much more attainable. And I think also by reframing, I think all the, the best people out there, you know, all those experts do do the same thing. They reframe it to um, failure is not, not a bad thing. It's not like a hit to your, your confidence. It's actually something you have to deal with you know, if you are going to get better. And so I think people will be a lot more likely to fail forward, so to speak, and, and just keep going if they, if they keep that in mind. And, and can I ask you, what if my sales are sucking right now? You know, what's the first thing that I need to do when I'm looking down at that sales sheet and I'm, I'm truly underperforming? I, you know, the simple part of it is ask yourself if you're doing enough of it, right? Um, and if you are doing enough of it, um, then find out where your process is and then find out where your sales psychology is again people are programmed um, neuro-linguistic programming is a thing um, people respond to behavior inflection of voice um, and, if, and again if you're new you have to work three times as hard as the person that knows to get up to speed and also mitigate your lack of knowing so if I'm gonna go learn basketball and I'm on the court with LeBron James right I'm gonna have to outwork him even though he's out working everybody and that's what makes him great, um, to even try to get close to where he's at. Now there's always going to be a limitation maybe with some of the other people have, do have skill and talent, but hard work can get you to a place of competency. Maybe you won't be the greatest, but you can be competent and you can be good. So if you're having problems, analyze, are you doing enough fit? Then analyze the psychology and your process. Fall in love with the process from A to Z and then fall in love with the nuances of the psychology of the person. Practice empathy, practice extreme ownership, take responsibility, do not blame other people or other situations for your failure. Take those on and that gives you the ability to change them. Such good insight, that's incredible. Gosh, I mean, you can apply this with, with truly anything. It's not just sales. I mean, clear this is a sales focus episode, but I mean, same with your job search. You know, if you're listening to this right now and you're, 
<laughs> you're, I get tons of people. They're like, they're like, oh, I'm, I've you know been applying to jobs for months now, and I haven't you know been getting hits. So first of all, the question to to look at is like, are you applying enough, or you know doing it the right way? Sending out your application like once every couple of days on in, on these job posting websites, and just kind of sitting back and waiting, that's not enough. You know, that's not that first point you were talking about. And thing number two was what's the process. So if you're not really connecting with people, finding out why, like, is it your strategy? Is it the resume? Is it your interview um, technique? So um, it really, it really is universal. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. With the job search um, and we've all been there and and of course the market is changing. There was a time where you you went to the back of the newspaper and you faxed your resume in um, and human eyes got to see that resume. A lot of times now, um, HR departments or bots actually screen those things out. So I think people get discouraged because they don't realize what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage anybody to to put together those things, but that's not a, that's not an indication of who you are on a piece of paper. Um, as well as it's not a, it's not an answer to where you can approach the market. So I would encourage you to build out your LinkedIn and connect with as many people as you can. And if you're looking for a job. Use LinkedIn to find the people in the company you want to work for and then connect with them and then send them that information and and then get that response. Uh, As well as every opportunity you get, sign up for people that are leaders in their market, especially in the sales, whether it's the SaaS space or whatever it is, link to them and then make comments in the comment section when when they are active on LinkedIn and putting stuff out about what their suggestions are as far as like how to how, how to get a job or a good organization if they don't have a place typically connectors right and gladwell's connectors um and, and, and tipping point will know a lot of people so eventually you're going to run into one of those connectors and they're going to basically point you in a direction and then you can walk in that front door and say hey jeff sent me your way um and he said you might have an opportunity that that might suit me and suit you i'd like to sit down and have a conversation and that's your entry point instead of some computer trying to tell you that the keyword's not there an hr person who doesn't understand that your ability to hustle and and, and have success is there so again don't take those access points as the only place be creative um, ask forgiveness, not permission when it comes to some of these things. And people respect that in the market because that's hard work, hustle, and the ability to be resourceful. Absolutely. Excellent advice there. I just want to find out how you got in touch with Gary V and what types of advice that he would have for people in this position. No. So I actually, uh, we applied for the Vayner Mentor Program. Uh, Vayner, Vayner Media um, and Gary wants, I feel he wants to give something back um, and help small business uh, so he's got a, a Vayner Mentors program. I applied for it, and let me tell you, you know, he was he was gracious enough to call me back personally. Uh, it was not his team; it was him, and he left me a message. That's crazy, man. Yeah, and that, that's the. That, I translate to my salespeople. I said, "Here's a guy worth, I don't know, maybe hundred million dollars." Yeah. Um, who made the phone call that he he could have somebody else make, um, and that shows you his work ethic and his ability and his belief in what he loves. Um, he's wealthy not because he wanted the money. It's because it's in his DNA to work, hustle, and make those opportunities. So we, we, we found that, 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 that link to him, and, and again, we talked to his team after, and we're still talking to them about being in the program. They're very selective, um, and we're going to basically you know, try to move forward and have that opportunity, which is a tremendous opportunity yeah. to be at that table and have him mentor us and, and his team. Um, but again, we, he was, again, willing to get on the phone with us and his busy schedule and talk to us. So it just, it's just a key 
to, to who he is as a person and and you can hear the sincerity and he, he has a saying it's like the honey empire um, listen guys we can do this right we can find success financially um, as well as treat each other uh, with dignity and care um, that's all very possible uh, you don't have to move into the market and and bulldog people bully them into submission. I think that's good. What the market is asking for, and I think people are getting more aware, is that old school, you know, boiler room Wolf of Wall Street stuff. Um, while it was focused on money, didn't focus on people. And I think we can do both. I think we can bridge that gap and have good good work life balance if someone chooses, and also that relationship that cares. Excellent. Bob, can you talk about why it is so important to hustle in times of darkness? And so we're talking about, so say it's like a slow season for sales. Say I am in a recession. Say business is just slow. How can a salesperson succeed during this period of darkness? Um, you know, I, I can only speak from, from, from my perspective and, and my experience. Um, I think it's natural when we see uh, a market collapse. Um, and it's also natural to when we can't seem to find our way through a situation. And like I said, it refers to a, a darkness. Darkness is simply our inability to see. Um, and sometimes life does a lot to us to, to basically cloud our vision, uh, whether it's our job, our relationship, or just everything, uh, a big picture in the world around us. Um, I think, again, to kind of harken back to some ideas of Joseph Campbell, the myth and the hero's journey, Along your journey, you're going to find dark paths and, and places that, that doesn't really seem like a maze, right? Um, in a mythical way, that there's no way out. Um, but what I have discovered that if you just keep trying and you just keep going um, and you just keep believing, then you will find a path out. It will not be the, the way you thought would be out, but you will find a way. Um, and you must not give up and you must ask for help if you need it. And remember, it is your journey, but you're never truly alone. Um, be kind to all people because we, we never know what other people are struggling or dealing with. And so as much as you are in your pain or depression or, or, or frustration or anger, um, know that there's other people there with you and that together uh, you can help each other. Um, and no matter how strong you are as a person, no matter how great a lion is, uh, hyenas and jackals can take down a lion. But together with another lion, they won't try it. So remember to, in, in your darkness, in your heart, reach out um, and never give up. I know we all hear that stuff. And, and, and the pain is real. And it hurts. Yeah. But know that it's just transformation and not destruction in a way that's permanent. Uh, I'm sure when a caterpillar puts itself into that state, it's not pleasant and it's probably painful trans transformation. So remember when you're in your doctor's places, it doesn't seem like there's a way out. It's just a path to transformation and becoming bigger uh, and stronger and, and, and better than you were before. Great advice, Bob. I think, I think people are, just from speaking with our listeners, they're going to really resonate and really love that point that you just made because, yeah, like a lot of the times people aren't in really they kind of like stick themselves in that emotional place of like this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life you know that just maybe that's just what emotions do sometimes is really like keep them down there and so i think knowing that it is it, there's a reason for it first of all and it's just part of the process i think makes it a lot a lot better i've seen people 
uh, adjust to those inevitabilities and work harder and, and make it through because of their work ethic and their vision. And when they come out of it and then when, they, when it becomes good again, they're in a great position. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, again, to kind of use a great example of someone that had the will, started VaynerMedia in 2008. So again, um, taking the worst market conditions yeah. and starting something yeah. to now a $100 million company uh, 10 years later. So again, he started at, at the worst part, which is sometimes the best place to start because it's only going to go up from there. Uh, all, it could always be worse. But remember, yeah. um, as dark as it may seem, there's always an upper trajectory. So just just keep staying with it. And I know some amazing entrepreneurs that have actually made more money in recessions than they have in boom times. So just remember that stuff and uh, and value the times where it's where it's good, but also value the times where it's bad because that's your opportunity to really shine and build something. Excellent, Bob. So I want to ask, what is the biggest mistake somebody can make in sales, and why? I think the biggest mistake people make is not understanding what's required. Um, I think for each one of us in our lives, we have to ask ourselves, first of all, what we want and why we're doing anything. What we're, you know, what is our why? Um, we can have daily sales quotas, but if we don't care uh, about anything in our lives or don't like the situation we're in or don't have a reason that drives us forward, um, we're not going to perform. And, then, and, and so that's one of the biggest mistakes is people just haven't discovered why they want what they want in their lives and what they're willing to do and commit to to try to achieve those goals. And these are just vehicles. Um, you can get there in a Ferrari, you can get there in a Lamborghini, yeah. you can get there in, in, in a Volkswagen. It doesn't really matter. What matters is, is that's the vehicle you choose and you're happy with the vehicle you have. It doesn't have to be fast, it doesn't have to be fancy. It can just be something simple that gets you there. So your job is like that. So once you understand where your destination is, we just find a vehicle for that. So once we have that, then from there in sales, I think we get in our own heads and we talk to ourselves in negative ways and, and, and we find ways to discourage ourselves um, through, through, through our process of not being present. I think if people just understand the amount of work that's required to see the metric, then they will see the success. And once you see that success and you keep working hard and going, going deeper and, and, and growing yourself and educating yourself every single day, then success is inevitably yours because you have failed so much along the way. Again, it's like Michael Jordan. How many baskets did he miss? Was he cut from basketball you know, in high school? Yes, those are answers. Yes, he probably missed more shots than he made. And yes, he wasn't good at first. So as a salespeople, I see people move in and just lose heart. They lose heart because they've never really experienced hardship or loss in that way or what a no and rejection looks like and the amount of work is required to actually succeed. In sales, it's 80-20. 20 uh, percent of the people make 80% of the money and that still hasn't changed and probably won't. Sure. So as long as sure. you understand what those 20% people are doing with their day that's different than everybody else, then success will be yours. Wonderful, Bob. In a second, we'll talk about um, how people can connect with you because such an interesting guy, guys. I highly recommend that you find out more about Bob's history. I have the luxury of being next to him every day, but you guys don't. Haha. <laughs> so you have to connect with him on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, um, but first, any final words of advice for job seekers or people in sales? Yeah, um, job seekers, like I said, remember the, the, the entry point and access points. Um, don't take them as is in verbatim. 
Um, be creative. Uh, find ways. Um, use your network. Uh, we talk. People talk a lot about that. Um, about using your network. Literally, call every person that you are acquainted with or know, and put down your pride, and just ask them for help. Um, and ask them what what you're trying to accomplish. And remember, you don't always have to have the perfect situation to get a job, because if you go into something and you do well at it for six months or a year, you can easily transition later into something that's better for you. So I think for for all of our self-worth, if any person, you know, when I was unemployed at one point, um, I was driving myself crazy, um, you know, I, and I went to the gym and that helped reinforce my self-worth. I also uh, started doing like a task rabbit um, things and, and there were just tasks for people needed. And again, my qualifications were much higher than that, but it gave me a sense of self-worth to go do something. Mm -hmm. I think if we just sit around and we wait for something to happen, it, 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 it chips at our mind and our psyche. I think if we just go out into the world and find things to be active in, in the gym, and in hobbies, um, and in anything that we're doing in our lives, and like I said, it doesn't matter going somewhere and doing simple tasks. Um, to help other people. Um, I got job offers while I was doing TaskRabbit fixing people's light bulbs because I talked to them about who I was and what I did. Yeah. And they said, wow, that's really cool that you're out here working and doing this week looking for a job. Yeah. I said, well, I'm not going to sit at home because that's not going to serve me. So again, going out using that network, not being afraid to drive an Uber if that's appropriate until you get what you want to get to get yourself that next step and make that step and make that step. So, so, so important. And as, as a salesperson, um, find your why first. Find, f be the hero of your life. Start engaging and building the habits that are going to make you healthy. And then find that vehicle. And once you find that vehicle, understand the, the amount of time that's required to, to, to show the metric. And if you believe in what you're doing, the emotion will translate um, and you'll find that success. Um, it will not come easy. It will not come quick. But I can tell you that it eventually will come and someday you'll be there at the apex of your success and someone will say, gosh, how lucky you are. And you'll get upset because that chip will be big on your shoulder about how much you put in and how many times you failed to achieve that because luck was not part of the equation. Your hard work and dedication was. So just remember, have perspective. It's okay to be in your 20s and not know what you want to do. It's okay to be in your 30s and still be unsure. At 40 or 45 or 50, it's only halftime. So if you're down a couple touchdowns, it's okay. Because the second half of the game, you've learned what you need to learn and you can take that in the market and have that success. Bob, this is why they call you the life wizard. Absolutely incredible. I feel like, like I... I learned so much from just being here for this, this past hour with you. And, and I've, I've personally known you for a while now. And so just, I feel like every time that I am connecting with you, I just feel like I have so much to learn. So, so thank you for, for joining us in this career warrior podcast. You are a really good example of a warrior and that's why you're the perfect example of a guest on the show. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So how can I connect with you? If I don't have the luxury of being here in Austin at Capital Factory, uh, for now, um, go to my LinkedIn profile. Um, it's uh, Robert Brunson, uh, as well as I have, of course, a Facebook under Robert Brunson as well. Uh, uh, Zoe Solar is the current company I'm at. Um, find me there. Uh, in January uh, 2019, I'm actually launching, launching my own vlog and podcast. 
Um, it will be bobthelifewizard.com. Um, so go ahead and look forward to that, um, getting the website built out uh, and, and everything set up for it. But uh, it's never too late, and I'm gonna take my, my experience and my heart out in the world um, and, and hopefully encourage and, and, and teach and give the world uh, the gifts that were given to me. Excellent, Bob, thank you very much. And just for your convenience, I'm going to actually drop these URLs in the description link for this podcast. So if it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, doesn't matter what it is, you will have that link. Just scroll down and you'll find Bob's LinkedIn. And once this podcast comes out, we're gonna update that description link. So Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, um, if you aren't subscribed yet, make sure you are subscribed because we have a lot more amazing content coming out here. Bob is probably going to be back on the show eventually. So if you really like this episode, do yourself a favor. Make sure you subscribe because you're not going to want to miss out. So this concludes the episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. All of you guys are amazing. Go out there and be warriors. 